You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Once again, to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, a podcast uh, in the Dark Discussions News Network umbrella. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Excellent. Uh, so, folks who stumble upon us, we are, once again, uh, part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It's a website that talks all things movies, genre films, art house films, and whatnot. So, if you follow uh, news about movies, or actually even books and video games, you know, all sorts of uh, pop culture things, uh, it is a website that you should uh bookmark and uh, go to every day because it's constantly updated with uh, podcasts, release notices, uh, articles, reviews, and even video content as well. Uh, so uh, it's definitely a, a website to check out all the time. Uh, also, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can actually just press the Contact Us link on the website, and it'll send us an email directly. Uh, we will read your emails on the podcast, and we do appreciate any feedback you have. Also, uh, uh, we do have a Patreon, so if you uh, want to, you can donate to the podcast or the news network, I should say, because we uh, do not uh, earn any money, and everything you see on the website and through the podcast are all free. Uh, so, yes, this is a, a uh, yeah, just a free, I was going to say non-profit, but we're not a non-profit, but we're definitely, uh, we don't get anything. It's all in the red because we have to pay for uh, databases, uh, uh, URLs, all these sorts of things. Uh, we actually uh, just uh, upgraded to a new uh, podcast hosting site where uh, we dropped another couple hundred and then also uh, paid another hundred or so, 150 for the backup website where we do development. Uh, so uh, there's, we, we, you know, we're paying money but we're getting nothing back so any donations are greatly appreciated and you can go to darkdiscussions.com and there's a patreon button right on the right of every page of the website or you can just go to patreon.com backslash dark discussions and uh for every five dollars that you donate 
we have you to uh, we give you the ability to offer us an idea for a film. So, for example, if you donate fifteen dollars, so five times three, that means you would get three chances for us to do a film of your choice, where we will review it and discuss it. And depending on what type of film it is, it'll either fall on this podcast or a different podcast. But uh, basically, uh, at the end of every quarter, we pick out of a figurative hat, basically a randomizer, uh, and uh, whatever number pops up, what's listed on the spreadsheet is what we do. Uh, so uh, that is a great option. Uh, we've done a number of films like that where we discussed uh, various indie films and horror films and such that uh, were Patreon picks from the handful of folks that are generous and uh, or give us uh, some money to actually survive. Uh, now, uh, with that all stated, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotron Reviews is a usually a bi-monthly uh, podcast that basically discusses, uh, I guess, various weird films. So when I say weird films, uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, um, foreign films, midnight movies, drive-in flicks, uh, obscure hidden gems and things of that nature, B-movies, you name it, we do it. And uh, this month we're actually doing uh, something different. Uh, what is that, Barrett? This is Pride Month, uh, LGBTQ month, um, and we are doing a movie a week of um, what we decided on was lesbian art house movies, um, and we are doing one a week. And we are in our third week, and we've done a movie called The Gymnast and a movie called Summertime were the first two movies. That's right. That's right. And uh, so we're, we're uh, after uh, LGBTQ month is over. And again, we did that last year, too, where myself and Barrett actually reviewed AWOL, um, film starring Lola Kirk, and My Summer of Love, uh, Emily Blunt's debut motion picture as well. And uh, both of those have uh, well-received and, and actually had a large listener audience. Um, but uh, after LGBTQ month, uh, we do have a bunch of really good um, indie uh, genre films that uh, we're, we're going to go through and, and pick and choose a couple of them. Uh, we also have um, an idea that uh, I was thinking of, I have uh, bring it up now to you, Barrett. Uh, maybe uh, later in the year, we'll do a month of uh, drive-in films. So, you know, 1973, uh, not, you know, not a specific year, but, you know, you know, just quote-unquote grindhouse films from years beyond. Like Grizzly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like camera film, or you could do, it could be considered that, you know, the, the, the weird ones or uh, anything is obscure, like a Ray Harry Hawson film. Oh, uh, yeah. Gallo film. Um you know, anything like that. So uh, we're, we're going to look into maybe doing a, a theme month of older films because we usually do brand new films mostly. Um, but, uh, you know, why not uh, have some fun and the old time driving horror films or whatnot uh, do a, a month of that. So uh, look for that as well. Um, but uh, before we get into that, we do have, like I said, a bunch of uh, really good uh, indie horror sci-fi type films that we're going to look through and, and possibly do a few of them. And uh, then, of course, there's always random VOD films that pop up uh, that get a little buzz that uh, we may take a look at as well. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, who we are and what we do. And uh, we do hope you do email us because we would love to hear your opinions on some of our reviews, or even if you found some odd film on say, uh, Hulu, for example, and say, oh, this is a pretty good film from 2017 that I haven't heard people talk about. Let me email Barrett and Phil and see uh, if they would want to take a look at this film and do a review on it. So, you know, anything, we'll uh, take a look. Um, usually we do have a, a third uh, person, and me and Barrett are pretty much the, the mainstays on this podcast, but we do have a rotating um, uh co-hosts that sometimes join us uh this month uh, we're supposed to have uh johnny uh from massachusetts join us for all four episodes but uh he unfortunately couldn't make it due to a, a family emergency tonight and we decided to uh, go and uh record anyway but uh generally uh when you listen to this podcast you'll hear uh various co-hosts like johnny or sean fox of uh, canada kevin letts of missouri uh we've had uh amy show uh, amy rain i'll just say amy rain uh she is out of wisconsin we've had uh mike uh Dunleavy out of new york state uh so we, we've had a various group of uh co-hosts that have joined myself and barrett uh so uh it's uh, always good to get a third person's opinion but uh tonight it's just me and you barrett right yep yep all right so uh with uh you already mentioned the Gymnast, which is a U.S. film, and Summertime, which was a French film. Uh, today, we actually have another, I guess, American film, but it's mostly in a foreign language. And uh, what is that film we're going to discuss tonight? The film we're going to discuss tonight is a movie called Circumstance. Um, it's directed by Mariam Keshavars, um, and it is also written by Mariam Keshavars. I'm going to butcher all these I think names, she, she goes by Marianne. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Marianne, believe it or not. Oh, Marianne. Okay. And um, several actors. Uh, Nicole Boucheri, Sarah Kazemi, Reza Sikso-Safai. Um, those are the three main actors in the movie. Right. Um, and there's a surprise actor, Keon Alexander. Yes. As well. And he is uh, currently in The Expanse. He's one of the big villains, and he does a great job in that show. Uh, so it's kind of neat seeing him in this, uh, in something before The Expanse, because uh, I had no clue <laughs> that I was going to see him in this film. Yeah, this, this film actually came out. Well, actually, before we do that, let's play the trailer.
Okay, so yeah, this film actually came out January 23rd, 2011 at Sundance. Um, and uh, as uh, we discussed, it's a foreign language film, even though it's an American film, uh, but it did get money from such countries as the Netherlands and France. Um, and uh, the, the film is uh, in the language of Persian uh, because it does take place uh, in the nation of Iran, uh, though, of course, because of uh, the unfortunate situation um, of the film industry and pretty much everything in Iran, um, uh, our director, Maryam Kesharvaz, uh, who also wrote the film, uh, was not, unable to uh, film it in Iran. And so they used Lebanon as the stand-in for uh, the nation of Iran. She and the film are banned in Iran. Let's just put it out there now, um, which is something that happens a lot in that country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good that she found out that she's banned because uh, if she ever went back, uh, she'd probably be arrested and, and possibly even disappear. <laughs> um, yeah. Not not to not to laugh at that, but uh, it's 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 well known that things like that do happen. Uh, she's actually an American, born and raised in the United States, uh, though she did uh, summer vacations to Iran uh, because uh, she does have. Uh, aunts and cousins and whatnot that uh lived there uh so she she has gone to uh, iran multiple times uh at, when she was younger um some of the stars as you mentioned uh nicole boucheri she's actually a canadian actress um she was was born in pakistan i think uh when and after two months she moved to Canada and what it was was her father and mother back in uh, I think it was the late 90s uh, were fleeing Iran and they, they went over to Pakistan and they were planning to come to I guess Canada where they may have had some uh, family already um, and and she just happened to go in labor while she was in Pakistan um, She's then, in a show. She's in a um, show on Freeform called The Bold Type. Freeform. What is Freeform? I'm not familiar with that. Uh, it used to be ABC Family, I think. Oh, okay. But it's okay, so, Freeform, yeah. So that's just a regular um, cable station. It's like the CW, I would say. I, I, that's what I compare it to most. Right, but but it's yeah. not regular. It's not like CW. Right. You can get it on regular like rabbit ears, but this exactly. one would be a cable. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, and then the other lead actress in the film, Sarah Kazemi, uh, she is a French actress, uh, born and raised in France. Um, she's half French and half, um, I think, uh, uh, Iranian or Persian or whatever. Uh, her for her father was Persian and her Iranian, and her mother's French. So, so she's a, uh, um, I guess. Full, well, I would say first generation, but not really, because her, her mother's been French, and her, all her mother's side of the family is French forever. Uh, so she's an actress over there. This was her, actually, debut role, uh, Sarah Kazemi. Um, and then there's a few other folks, and it's interesting, too, because since they needed folks that could speak um, Persian, um, our director, who could speak Persian, uh, went around pretty much everywhere she knew uh, actors 
were and got actors from all over. For example, the police chief uh, and and the man that uh, the brother meets at the uh, mosque, uh, he's actually Swedish uh, of Iranian ancestry. And then, of course, uh, we mentioned Keon Alexander. He's, I believe, Canadian, um, as is uh, the, the person that plays the father in this. He's, he's Canadian. Um, and I forget where the mother's from. Uh, but but all these folks that are in the film uh, are either part or fully ethnically Iranian, and they all could speak Persian, and they uh, all are um, their families all basically fled Iran, and that's the reason why they're not in Iran. So they're like all a big ex- diaspora. They're all over in all different countries. Yeah, absolutely. I actually grew up with. Uh, um, Iranian uh, and John, I'm sure, who would have joined us if he could have, uh, would have talked about him because John, uh, myself, and John's brother uh, used to hang out with him all the time uh, when he was younger. Uh, he now lives out in uh, California. And uh, yeah, his, his whole story too was he, his family fled uh, 1979, uh, fled the Iranian Revolution because of uh, um, they were going to be executed or, or arrested. And uh, they did lose all their money because the government, the Iranian government, uh, confiscated all their property and any money they didn't have in foreign banks. Um, so it was it was pretty bad for him. Uh, his name was Saipan. Um, uh, but he's doing really well now. His family, um, obviously his parents are uh, somewhat have passed now because they were in there. They're, they would be 80 and 90 right now. But uh, he's doing well. He's a medical doctor. Um, and he's out in California. Uh, so there, a lot of people have that type of story. And a lot of the actors in this uh, are all their ancestors or, or prior generation were the type that that left Iran because of uh, uh, the situation there. Um, and as, as uh, Barrett discussed, uh, we're not here to uh, bash Iran, um, but uh, obviously that is the big elephant in the room, unfortunately. Uh, for, it's a big uh, part of this film, so you can't avoid it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, basically, Miriam uh, Keshavar's uh, kind of alluded to uh, in her commentary for the di- because I have the disc that uh, well she didn't allude she basically came right out and said that this is obviously a commentary of, of the situation of what's going on in Iran and um, the unfortunate uh, I guess um, loss of, of certain freedoms that we would take for granted in pretty much any other country um, even countries like China where they have uh, I guess a totalitarian government, uh, children, you know, they're, 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 they're uh, I guess co-eds can go to a bar and dance all night and party it up. Uh, Iran's a little different, unfortunately. Um, all right. So, uh, that's pretty much, uh, who's behind the film and whatnot. But so I guess we can, uh, Oh, it's actually getting pretty good reviews too. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, uh, around 80, 89%, I think. So so it's uh, been fairly well received. Um, now, Barrett, uh, do we have a wiki for this film? We sure do. Wiki, wiki, wiki. A wealthy Iranian family struggles to contain a teenager's growing sexual rebellion and her brother's dangerous obsession. It's a pretty good summation, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things. Um, uh, it's very vague and once 
section, but it, it gives a little too much in another uh, because I went in completely blind. And uh, you, may, I'm not sure if you did, Barrett, but you know, oh, I, yeah. I had no idea um, what the story was about. I just assumed it was going to be about um, in a, a, I guess, LGBTQ relationship and, and the problems that it has in a. Uh, I was, I, I would, to be polite, I would say a very religious and conservative nation. To be realistic, uh, a dictatorship, an authoritarian country. And, and a, I mean, religion is just one of the methods of control. <laughs> yes, yes. When you say it's religion, that's you know at issue here. It's the corruption and power that's being utilized against people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's and it's also. Uh, uh, bigoted too, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you know, cracking down on to the point of of being ridiculous things like what we we we, we hear and whatnot um, that goes over there for the LGBT community. Never mind uh, people of religions that aren't the state religion. Never mind you know various other things as well. But uh, uh, the the main thing here, though, as I was saying, though, was that. Uh, the wiki gives a little away that the brother may be, yeah. up, you know, when I went in, I just, I didn't know anything about the brother. And then you just begin to learn slowly that there may be a problem. Um, but that wiki pretty much comes right out and says it is a problem. Yep. <laughs> um, but I do have um, the, the back of the disc and uh, the jacket um, and I'll read it. And I actually took a picture uh, so I could blow it up because it's very small and it's it's light blue lettering on a a sky. Uh, so it's big <laughs> Arthur Reed. So so I, I have it blown up uh, as a picture and uh, this is what it says. It says a tale of love and family turned upside down by obsession and suspicion. Circumstance is also a provocative coming of age story that cracks open the hidden world of Iranian youth culture. Alive with playfulness, two vivacious teenage girls, wealthy Atifa and orphan Shireen. Um, and let me interject for a moment. It says orphan, but she's orphan in the sense that both her parents are out of the picture. They've passed or, or were arrested. I mean, who knows what happened to them. But she's not really orphan in the sense that yeah, she's, she, she lives with her grandparents and uncle and stuff. So she still has uh, her loving family. It's just unfortunately not her her mother and father. Um, so that's kind of a misnomer when it says orphaned. Um, so uh, the teenage girls are discovering their burgeoning sexuality full of wild yearnings and imaginative fantasies. And while the simplest things are often disallowed to them, they take risks every day to lead their own lives. And I had to actually add the word too, because uh, there's a typo here. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's uh, I like that one a little bit better because it doesn't say anything about the brother. Yeah, it does. It talks about obsession, but it doesn't specifically say who's the, who has the obsession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll get into the brother as well because uh, they do have a, a few scenes of the brother's, uh, uh, I guess, um, point of view, and uh, um, yeah, they're they're like deep, disturbing, or weird depending on your perspective. Uh, I mean, everybody is quite human and flawed in this, but he is definitely the villain of the movie. 
so yeah, there's some uh, there's some weird things that uh, about the the uh, brother, and we'll, we'll discuss all those things as well. Um, and as uh, we talk on the film, I'm actually having in the background uh, the film playing, so uh, it'll be curious to see certain things as they pop up um, as we talk. Um, so um, I guess we can get into how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. Uh, and so I will uh, go first. Um, yeah, I actually heard about this film uh, basically random luck, uh, basically uh, looking for uh, films that would qualify for this month. I actually had um, titles from last year and even 2018, I think it is, or 2017 when uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews reviewed some, some other uh, lesbian art house films. And uh, I think this was one that was just sitting there on the list. And I remember purchasing the disc maybe last year sometime. Um, and so it was just sitting in the pile. And then when we, we came uh, to uh, deciding what to do, I went through my pile and uh, this was one uh, I just, I, I pulled out um, because it, it seemed a little more, it seemed very um, different than the others because again, it was a, about a girls in a totalitarian state versus say France, uh, the US and our next episode, which will be a, uh, uh, democratically uh, post-communist Lithuania. Um, so this, this is most certainly different than any any of the other films that we would be doing. Um, and uh, yeah, so my opinion on it. Um, yeah, uh, this film is really good. And, and so, uh, yeah, so I, th I thought this was uh, uh, the best of the three so far. Um, it was interesting because just like the other two, it's more than uh the, and even from last year uh, last year when we did our films Barrett, it, it's more than just a lesbian film it's it's actually talks about all sorts of things uh you know like AWOL was an excellent example from last year that talked about uh the existence of white poor people and that had no privilege and that film really focused on that even more so than the um lesbian relationship this film is kind of um, more than that too. It's it's not just a lesbian relationship. It's about um, like you mentioned offline to me um, the the way women are treated in a totalitarian society, specifically Iran. Uh, also the the threat of of various sorts of power, whether it's uh, authoritarian, whether it's uh, the use of of religion whether it's use, in other words, any tool that authoritarian people can use against people. Um, it's shown kind of in this film here where, where family members will tell on other family members. Uh, people are always threatened. Um, there's, a, there's a horrible scene uh, where a, a woman is in a car and the taxi driver knows that she's in the car to go to one of these underground illegal parties that Iran has, and uh, he forces her to do something that is, is kind of gross. And because if she doesn't, he's going to go to the cops and and you know basically tell on her. So even if you are seen at these underground parties, you are in danger of being outed uh, just for that. Never mind being um, well, a homosexual. Let me break in there a second. It felt like they were saying 
like they were intimating every time she came across a guy that she didn't really know, they were intimating that she was a whore. Like she had sex for money. It seemed like, and they were, they were basically saying that on the sly every time she came across a man. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it, because first of all, she's pretty. Second of all, she's not wearing the full hijab and uh, the locations that she goes are possibly well known to these taxi drivers or various other people um, that they're very Western-like or, or even Eastern-like, if you prefer, because Japan and Korea and even China have parties like the ones that we see here. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like the fake modesty that women are supposed to have men in this country will use against them and say you're a whore if you don't, uh, I guess, pretend to be the quote-unquote modest person that you're supposed to be versus what you want to be. Does that, is that, is that yeah, right? I, I would say, and yeah, they definitely use it against her in all those situations. Yeah, and, and it's kind of rotten. And, and it's not just her. It probably is used against anybody um, you know, you know, like there's another horrible scene in the police station uh, to determine whether someone is a virgin or not. And this has to do with a different character. So, I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible situation. Um, and yeah, well, we'll get into all that when, when we get further. Uh, but but either way, uh, yeah, so this film is really interesting, really, really good. Um, the director um, really understood um, how Iran is, especially since she's had first-hand experience uh, living there multiple summers uh, when she was uh, in her teens and, and 20s. Um, and it is a frightening film uh, in some ways, and it is depressing films in many ways as well. Uh, so, but, but again, that does not mean film's bad. It just means be prepared. Uh, so yeah, I, I love this film. I thought this was a really great film and a uh, high recommend for me. Uh, by me, I should say. Uh, what about you, Barrett? How did you hear about this film, and what did you think of it? Uh, I heard about it from you, um, so I watched it for this episode. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the best of the three so far. Um, and like you said, it is at many points depressing, scary, disturbing. Um, and it's not not only the totalitarian part of it that's scary. It's some of the things that some of the men do in this um it's the, the patriarchy i guess you could call it uh is kind of scary and even and you get a glimpse into even what happens to the best of them um at some points in this film and how yeah. uh, they okay. are controlled eventually and it's their downfall as well yeah the, the, the only if there was one flaw in this film it would be they don't show the the religious woman who I like I've seen other movies about Iran where women who are are really in favor of the regime or the I guess the conservative version of Shiite Muslim religion mm -hmm. are as bad as as the men when it comes oh, to yeah. 
um, and and that's the, they didn't have that. So the, the, when when there were bad people in this film, it was all mostly all men uh, because they didn't show. There wasn't really that many older woman characters or woman characters that were in these girls' lives that would have been. Well, you do get bad. to see some women when they're in the police station and how they're utilized. They they go around the girl. Oh, you one right. room. Yeah, so never mind. I'll take that back. You're right. They do show the bad woman as well, or, or the the woman that they're are, they're part of the part system. of the power system yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. I forgot about that scene. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. It, I guess they, that isn't a flaw then of this film because you're right. They did have that scene, and that was a good scene. It's um, not as much as mu- you might want. You don't see a sure, lot of that. It's right. mostly men. But really, any women that are agreeing with the system are part of it and so are oppressed and don't even realize that they're they're helping maintain this system that dominates them right right yeah because i've seen a couple of films like uh the the stoning of soyama m i think it's called and also a film called uh not without my daughter which was obviously a a big one uh, because that was a hollywood film that starred some some big names including alfred molina and uh uh, Sally Fields, uh, but that, those two films showed showed uh, um, how, how much more the, how the women that buy into the system uh, can be as bad as the men. Uh, here, they didn't have any women that were close to them that had bought into the system, and yeah. so that wasn't shown. Uh, it was only men. But to be fair, she shows some really good. Uh, men as well in this film, including her her friend jo- Joey or Joseph and and his, his their friend that came from America. Um, and then there's, there's a quaint scene that shows Hope in the middle of the film. Unfortunately, that kind of ends by the end of the film, where they take American movies and television shows and they dub the, it into into Persian because they want other people in uh, their community, you know, their underground community, to see films and television shows that they feel have been considered offensive by their government and their mosques. I love that scene. It's a great scene in the movie. It it is, and we'll get into that, too. Um, So, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, uh, a really interesting film um, and kind of opens your eyes a lot of about um many things and and as my father used to say uh, uh because you know when i would get upset with say the american government or whatever he goes just just you know you, you know you bash your country all you want phil but just remember it's not as bad as some other places and and, and he's he's probably right on that um yeah and even though this is a dramatization a lot of this stuff does go on and some of it might be worse than what we see in this film <laughs> So yeah, 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 and, and uh, I'll tell you one thing, uh, Miriam, the, the director, uh, she actually went to these underground parties in Iran, and the, they were like this. So I, I, obviously, it's a fake family that she's she's built in a fake relationship. You know, so it's all, all fictional characters. Her experience with the community that she creates on the screen, um, I think really helped to make it feel like 
just as how it is. Genuine, yeah, yeah very that's the genuine. Word I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because you can see the dichotomy between her generation and then her parents, who kind of grew up before it got really bad, and then you know experienced right. a different right. world from them. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing too because her parents are fairly liberal for people and rich. progressive people, and, rich. and but and that's what I was gonna say, and 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 they're filthy rich, and. You, you know, you can say, how did they survive the overthrow uh, during the the revolution? But we learn later in the film that her parents were a part of that revolution. Mm-hmm. It's just that after the revolution came into power, they were um, – so in other words, like my, my friend, my old friend Sapien, my high school, his, they, his family were wealthy as hell. They fled – while the wealthy that were on the side of the revolution or the poor that were on the side of the revolution who became wealthy because of the revolution, because we know that always happens, they get to live the lifestyle of the elite in a country where 95 to 99% of the people live like crap because, and and they have various freedoms that, you know, people who don't have power have. And and I know you know, we, we've discussed many times offline how in this country the corporations and the 1% and all that do what they do here, and that's absolutely right. Um, but but, but, but I, I don't want to get into that. I, wanted to, I was trying to say that for here, we have – this is like, like – it kind of reminded me of what you hear about the elite Chinese communist – party that have all the mansions and all that and their people it's like soviet union all those yeah, communists turned, all thing. those communists turned into capitalists yes yes yeah and <laughs> yeah exactly and and whatnot and, and again we we know like during the obama administration um the iranians had a huge uh uprising and they were like all slaughtered and arrested and, and it disappeared from, you know, similar to what happened in China during the um, Beijing uprising, the tank man and all that. And um, what's that? Tiananmen Square. Yeah, Tiananmen Square. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, and so, the, yeah, so there's a lot of unrest and unhappiness in, in a lot of these countries and, and, and Iran most certainly, as we I mentioned, we just saw it five years ago, six years ago, during the, um, that uprising. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, they, they, a lot of these uprisings do get quelched. Um, you know, and, and and obviously Iran's in the news again recently because uh, a day ago uh, they just elected a new leader, and what many people are calling a sham election because uh, the Ayatollah had banned political uh, opponents and only allowed uh, certain parties to run. And uh, the person that won has been listed by Amnesty International as a mass murderer and someone who should be tried for war crimes and human rights violations uh, for what he did to, I guess, his people throughout the years. Um, and, and again, I wouldn't bring any of this up if it wasn't in the news, and nor would I have brought it up if Amnesty International, which is uh, 
one of the greatest organizations you, you can anybody can support uh, brought it up. Um, you know, so this isn't. Oh, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about what's going on in that country in relation to the movie. Yeah. Um, so it's relevant, but you know, the interesting part is, so her parents are rich. The, her father's a doctor. It sounds like, you yeah, know, her mother may be a doctor too, I think. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And so they have old connections from before the revolution and they've maintained them and they obviously could call on them. However, and, and they've, they've maintained, uh, I think, uh, connections with people from the revolution as well, right. you know, more moderates. The problem is, I think they're moving more towards where they're they're part of the revolution is becoming the outsider, and you've got these new insiders taking over and directing things. Yeah, the next and, generation. Right, and so they are looked on with suspicion and with um, almost, you know, they're interlopers almost. <laughs> um, yeah. So they are not they're not achieving what they could have achieved probably just even five years before then. That that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and and uh there, you know, there's a couple of allusions here there of, of folks that they may have known who have left the country and and so as as those people leave the country to never come back. Um never mind the handful that were probably arrested in as well, uh there's less and less connections. Uh, uh, and unfortunately, we find out there's even another thing that's a problem, which is uh, the prodigal son problem, yes. uh, who who isn't really a prodigal son. Uh, he's he's a, he's a behavioral health individual because he, I would he, say he's a, a plant when he comes back. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, I, I, I question where he got all those cameras and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And all yeah. that surveillance equipment. I feel like he was given that, and they were trying to make inroads into this family anyway. Let me ask you this. Do you think he received the cameras, and we'll talk about that too when we get into spoilers, uh, from the guy that he meets at the mosque? Or were the cameras already there before he met the guy at the mosque? I think he had those cameras before he met the guy at the mosque. Whatever happened to him when he went away, he came back with all this stuff, and he was already in whatever he was supposed to do. Right. Well, he was definitely in drug rehab. Yeah, but I think and, they and it was an expensive. A, it wasn't a government one. It was one that the parents paid for, so he wouldn't get you know because if it was a government one, he would be he probably would never come out. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so he, he, this guy, this kid is a, a real problem. Uh, he's now probably in his mid twenties, maybe late twenties, um, was a, a drug user. Uh, it doesn't specifically say what type, but it looks like it was probably crack or, or meth or, you know, or opium, you know, stuff like that. Cocaine uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, cocaine. I think at one point he's handed cocaine by that one guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so obviously he's, he's, uh, if, if we didn't learn more about this person, I would say that he's just had some bad luck and has some mental health issues, which is, is somewhat true that he does have mental health issues for sure. But based off of what we learn, I will state specifically here 
and this has nothing to do with people who have drug issues um, because again this guy has more than just drug issues um, the drug issues may may just be a, a, a symptom of what <laughs> was really wrong and what really is wrong is he's a loser he's a scumbag a loser a sociopath stalker yeah he's every <laughs> rapist he's everything that is evil with a person and unfortunately he also has drug problems which a lot of people who have drug problems are just have have behavioral health issues and has nothing to do with them being evil but this guy unfortunately is evil that just happens to be at one time a drug abuser yep so no hate mail um well and he might have he might not be an addict his parents might have considered him an addict but he might have just been evil and drugs were just one of the things he did you yeah. know what I mean? That, yeah, that is that's a really good point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I will state that the actor who who plays him, he's on the commentary as well, and he and and uh, Marianne, the director, talked about his character, the the brother character, and stated that they made him emaciated and thin. Intentionally, and an actor actually kind of lost some weight on purpose for the role to make himself look like he was a recovering addict that just got out of rehab. He looked that way. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. He sure did. The yeah. second he came on screen, my wife was like, he looks weird. I don't like him. Look at his head. It's like bigger than his yeah. body. It's not weird proportions. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and they intentionally, um, this is my guess, they intentionally had his hair grow out to be like, like, unkept yep. and so it made his head look even bigger yeah 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 it's kind of interesting his look yeah he doesn't uh, seem trustworthy right from the beginning right it's not you, you meet him you're like because he's got like his eyes are always dancing around i mean yeah, just, I, yeah. I did some research on the actor and uh you know he look, actually in normal life he looks like a you know pretty good looking guy yeah and, you and look whatever. at his imdb he looks and, completely and, normal <laughs> yeah but but he's like one of those guys like Christopher Walken or Killian Murphy who will, will get typecast as some sort of heavy just because he has that, I guess, uh, what, what's the look when, when you, you know, you, that he doesn't have the blue eyes like those two guys, but, but he has that look, which is intensity. like piercing intense. Yeah, that yeah, that's it. It's intense. Yeah. So you could see that the, I could see this guy getting a, a lot typecast a lot as, as like a, a scumbag or a villain or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think he was uh well cast uh, just for his yeah, books. He, he does a great job in the role. You yeah. definitely don't like him. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, he was actually talking about himself and, and how he um, lost the weight and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, because I, I contacted you and said, yeah, he sounds much different. He doesn't have – he sounded more of a effeminate voice and all this other stuff, and, and he doesn't sound anything like he does in the movie. And in the movie, he really like – again, I don't know how he, he played the role, but it almost was like he was um, – uh, what was the thing that Robert De Niro used to always say he did? Uh, 
the type of acting they did. Like um, method acting? Method acting, yeah. It was almost like he was method acting because he, he was nothing like the, char- the, the person on the commentary. Uh, now, was the commentary the in English? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, all English. Oh, and all, yeah, it was all English and n- none of them have accents. Oh wow! Because, because English is their first language. Yeah, that's the, the funny thing, you know. Yeah. Except except for for um, Shireen, the character, the actress who played Shireen, her first language is French, and then the, the guy from the mosque, his first language is Swedish. But the people, <laughs> all the people on the commentary, and and probably like ninety percent of the people in the movie are all English. English is their first language, including the father. Is he? You know, he's a Canadian actor. He's all all English. Um, so what happened was Mar- Maryam and, and, and this guy talked about how they did um, eight months of dialect training to have the act. I was going to say, cause all those people would have different dialects. I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, like, for example, I remember the movie traffic where Benito del Toro played a Mexican. Yeah. And, but he's not Mexican. He's Puerto Rican. And right. Puerto Ricans have a completely different accent. You know, similar to like, you know, what we do with the Brits. You know, you can tell immediately, oh, you're from Britain and you're from America, you know. And um, so Benicio del Toro, when he, when he got the role, um, he didn't do as much training. And so people were, the director, and I think it was Soderbergh, I think, uh, was trying to say, I hope people didn't notice that he didn't have the real Mexican accent. But for this film, they tried to make it authentic that their accents, their Persian accents, were actually from Tehran. Yeah, so it was really cool. Similar to the guy from Expanse, right? He he speaks perfect English. You don't know accent, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so all all these people were were born and raised in the West. So this is just a second language. Well, what's funny is in the Expanse, he speaks a it's a different sounding language. It's it's English, but it's almost. Um, like a pigeonized English that they speak in the outer areas of space. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so right, they right. sound completely, they're hard to understand sometimes in the show. I don't know yeah. how they do it, but it's, it's amazing. So it's like a cockney or something, right? Yeah. yeah it's really wild. It's really <laughs> that wild. Is, that is too funny. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that's funny that you asked me that question, you know, was it, was the commentary in English and yeah, it was all English. They spoke English probably better than me because I have the Boston accent. <laughs> they they, you know, they sound like, like people from Iowa. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Hilarious. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's the thing is that Mary Ann, because she had people from Sweden, she had people from France, she had people from Canada and the U.S. She could she could communicate. Everybody could speak Farsi. So that's the reason why they were <laughs> or Persian, if you prefer. And that's the reason why they were able to do it. With with even though they all came from their first languages, were all different countries. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, that's really kind of neat. It is. It really is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so you learn a lot of really cool things. So if, if people who are fans of this film, uh, it's worth buying the disc if, because it has an excellent uh, commentary. Plus, it has a bunch of other extras as well, like behind the scenes and all that other stuff and interviews and stuff. But uh, I only uh, listened to the, uh, about 45% of the commentary because um, it was very late at night. All right. So. Let's see, what other things do we want to talk about? Well, you know what? We're already 50 minutes in, so maybe we should just drop the spoiler and we'll just talk about everything and everything. Yeah. Uh, for folks who are curious about Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, basically we are not just a review podcast. We are a critique and dissect podcast, meaning we uh, review this film as we have, but 
we are going to talk about everything, anything, because we critique, we dissect, we look at the metaphors to uh, commentary of what the, uh, the writer or the director trying to say, uh, symbolism, all that stuff. So we go deep into the film and try to really talk about uh, things. So we do spoil. Uh, but for folks who are curious, you can pretty much rent this film anywhere. It's available uh, on iTunes, on Google Play, Amazon, you know, wherever you want to rent films, it, you, you can rent it. Um, and of course, it has a, a DVD, uh, no Blu-ray, but a DVD. Um, so uh, with that, uh, you've been warned. Uh, now we're going to talk about pretty much uh, more specifics and whatnot. And we are reviewing this on June 20th, 2021. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, for, for, we, we always uh, give the t date stamp because uh, we record non-live. In other words, we're recording live here, but we're not release. We're not like a radio where we're releasing it at the same time. We, 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 we just record it, we save the file, and we edit it, and we release it later. Sometimes it's, it's one or two weeks later. Sometimes it could be a month and a half later. Uh, this one will probably be released in maybe two weeks from our recording date. So for folks who are curious, once again, Barrett, uh, you mentioned it was June 20th, 2021. Um, all right, so uh, let's get into the details. Uh, yeah, we kind of pretty much set up the family, um, but we didn't set up – um the 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 friend shireen that much nor did we uh set up um, yeah, we have a, yeah or atifa either why don't you start by talking about the the family and how shireen interacts and all that yeah okay okay well the 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 thing that's pretty cool about this this film uh is uh i saw this film called syriana i think it's called which you may have seen uh yeah. big big hollywood film starring um, uh, George Clooney in one of his better roles. Uh, and there's a scene in that at the very beginning where um, these girls, a woman in hijabs, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, which are basically those uh, Islamic coverings um, where everything is covered except for maybe the eye slits um, because women are told to uh, dress that way by the male uh patriarchy uh, so to speak um and uh i have a funny story about that later that i'll talk about um and uh in that movie the woman goes into a, a building and goes into a door and literally just takes off all her clothes and under well the, the outer covering and underneath she has this gorgeous dress uh she has red lipstick beautiful makeup red long nails, you know, you name it, high heels and all that. And what it was is she was traveling through the city of Tehran to go to a cocktail party and dance party with um, people who um, – I don't want to use the word, but I will use it uh, – normal, who are normal, people that just want to have a good time, meet people of the other – sex you know they're singles you know whatever you know what we would do when we were 20 something and uh, here this happens in this film as well and what it is is if the film starts where the girls go to i guess high school maybe it's some yeah. sort of high school um and one of them is is you know being scolded by the head m mistress which is similar to like a nun um 
And she's being scolded because she's the type of person that can't be trusted. It's not one of those uh, subtle digs like that are saying she's a whore again. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. quite directly. <laughs> right, right. And this is Shireen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now Shireen is uh, the friend of uh, Ad- Adifa. Is it name? Yeah, Adifa. What it was? Adifa. And Adifa is the daughter of the family we've been talking about. And Shireen is the other girl who's quote unquote orphaned. Um, also obviously isn't as prestigious as the other family, but she's still, I would still say is probably part of the 1% of Iran. Right. Oh yeah. 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 But for whatever reason, she always gets, like you said, seems to get picked on or something. I mean, I'm just thinking it's maybe because she's, she must have a known reputation like her parents. Her parents don't have the best reputation because they were, I guess, teachers at a college. Right. And right. it sounds like they might have been killed. Yeah. You could be I'm right. not sure. You never really told what happened to them, but they're dead. Right. And they're all they're brought off often throughout the movie by people in power. Right. And so something about that hurts her past. So. Children are are they have the sins of their parents on them here? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's a really good point. And and also, both women in this this film are really beautiful women. And I, I saw the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston and stuff. And I'm sure you may have seen it, you know, oh, yeah. or at least seen parts of it, you know, because every year always... for a long time when I was young. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and I always bring up the scene where. And I forget who the actors and actresses are in the scene, but there's the Jewish slaves, and there's this beautiful, beautiful Jewish woman, and this guy, his her friend or her brother or something says, being beautiful for a Jewish woman is a curse, because basically they're alluding to you know if if you're that beautiful and you're a slave, you're, you you tr- you're treated. A little differently and a little you're, you're noticed and not that shireen is is a slave by any means but she is a woman in iranian society she's beautiful and being that good looking in that society for whatever reason it would not surprise me that she would be pointed out as quote-unquote a whore because just to be, you know, like we said, you know, the, the actor that plays the brother is going to be typecast as as a villain. This girl is really good looking, and if this was a real girl in real life in Iran that didn't use the full hijab like like other women do, you could see people saying, "Oh, she's a whore. Oh, she's oh she's oh terrible, shameless, shameless, yeah, shameless, yeah, all that <laughs> crap." Exactly. Well, and we have to say her uncle is in charge of her fate. Yes. Yeah, but you know what? It's uh, it, it seems like that that's a lot in this country. I mean, it happens oh, yeah. in other countries too, like India. You, India, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, where where people are have arranged marriages and stuff. So, in the culture that they're from in this country, as it is today, the uncle with him having her fate is basically he's trying to set her up with someone a, better that she can have a better life with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I don't want to call him a villain uh, because, again, the circumstances that he lives in, that's how it is. 
you know, if he doesn't beat her, he doesn't treat her like crap or anything. Right. What he's all, the only thing he's doing that she's we, just not in charge of her own destiny. That's the hard part. Exactly. 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 So, so it is what it is. Um, so that's her life is that she's basically going to school to be who she is and then going to be married off to somebody is basically the intent. Whether that means she can still get further education or not, we don't know. Yeah. But the main I don't point, think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's, a strange, it's a strange country because as, we, as we've discussed, our – at least right now, a strange country. As we discussed, the, the, the patriarchy is what it is over there, and yet we do see women over there, not just in this movie, but we we hear generally that many are educated, you know, doctors and 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 various other professions that require a lot of education. So that's the only th- reason why I'm thinking maybe she still could have that option, but. I don't know. Again, it depends on who she marries too, I think. Well, and at one point, um, Iran was very uh, industrial, well, not industrialized, but it had a lot more liberalism, I guess, going around in it with people having educations and mm-hmm. a lot more trade with the world and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right right now, um, Iran uh, doesn't have relations, specifically, you know, ambassador, ambassador to for to many countries, right. you know, for, for like for the U.S. and 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 uh, Iran did not. So when we have to deal with Iran, we usually go through like the Swiss or or some or Canada or someone else like that, you know. So and none of the Arab countries have any diplomatic relations with them. Not one of them, except maybe. Syria probably um, so yeah it's, it's just a strange country that well, I guess the, the term that we usually hear when we see non biased news um, they usually say renegade state you know that's kind of been phased out a lot because as we know the news can be biased nowadays but historically you know 10 years ago five years ago 12 years ago they would say it's a renegade state or or, or something of that nature um, and again, that's the, that's what they said. I'm not saying that's necessarily true. So no hate mail. Um, <laughs> now, um, so so yeah. So basically, it appears that so what happens is Shireen and and Adifa go to one of those underground parties where they're all dressed in their not fully hijab because again they they show their face and some of their hair, um, but dress where you don't know what's underneath their clothes except. Um, maybe underwear, who knows? And and when they go to these various apartments, and they some of them have passwords, and some of them don't, they literally take off all their hijab stuff, and underneath is what I explained, like from that movie Syriana. Um, and they were really good looking girls, uh, you know, full figured. Uh, they wear clothes that you would see any attractive woman where, uh, you know, on a, at 10 o'clock at night in downtown New York city, for, for example. Um, and they da- dance the night away with men with, with each other. Um, and so, you know, if you saw this film without knowing the subject matter, you would just think they're just party girls because when they dance together, at least in, in, in our country, women dance together all the time and and you don't immediately think oh they must be gay right 
you know, because women just, you know, do that. Um, well, what's interesting, so, yeah, go on. I was going to say, what's interesting about the beginning of the film is that um, Shireen is kind of a step back. And because of her friendship, her friendship with Adifa is basically what dooms her in the end. Because mm-hmm. Adifa is really out there and more the party girl. And she starts to bring Shireen into that world more and more. And Shireen starts to get more outspoken as the movie goes yeah. along. And that eventually definitely gives her problems <laughs> and causes her yeah, to yeah. do what she does. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that you're right. Shireen is more timid. And then as the film goes about, she becomes a party girl as well. Yeah. yeah because she, she, in other words, she, she, even uh, more than Adifa, because she starts yeah. becoming outspoken and starts yeah. yelling about it in front of people. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and she's even dancing up on the stage at one uh-huh. club, you know, um, like you, you would see, you know, um, anywhere. You know, when I went to Miami, I went to this this club once and hanging out with this, this girl from, uh, where the hell is she from? She was from Las Vegas. And uh, uh, hanging out with her. And then she jumped up on, on the stage and, and started dancing. And, and you know, then other girls, they have, they have the, the these little stages and stuff, and, and people would just do it, you know. And um, Shireen, at the beginning of the movie, wouldn't have probably do, done that, you mm-hmm. know, a little more shy. But as she gets more comfortable with uh, her sexuality, with her, um, I guess, her own, own you know, self, she becomes someone that uh, is more apt to... Um, be more outspoken you know in other words she she isn't a person that should be in that country she should be right in, in a different country um and and whatnot and same with 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 Adifa. she shouldn't be in that country either it's just that the film shows a contrast of a girl who's already that way and a girl who isn't who becomes that way right you know and and if this was conservative people watching this they would say oh they're whores but what they are are, are, are uh, young co-eds having fun and wanting to uh, live life to the fullest. And generally, what they're doing is, in my opinion, nothing nothing wrong at all. No, you know, they're just dancing. They're they're having a, a couple of drinks. They're talking to boys. They're talking to girls. They're talk. They're dan- they're um, wearing nice clothes. You know, they're just just having fun. And and if this was downtown Boston, I, that's the closest big city where I live, or, um, uh, you know, Richmond, close to you, you know, a big club there, it, this is what you would see there. Not a big deal at all. Right. Well, and later on, when one of those clubs is uh, raided, it's by the morality police. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and I'm actually thinking the morality police were brought there. Yes. By the brother. Yes, absolutely. Because what he does to one of his friends, because yeah. it was like, oh, he set up his friend. What a dink. So basically some – He didn't ex- just set up his friend, though. He set up Adifa and Shireen as well. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it shows you how much of an evil person he is because not only did he set up his friend, but he personally – Beat the crap out of him. Beat the crap out And when we say beat the crap out, I'm talking about where – the guy 
probably had broken bones and ribs and 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 probably even internal bleeding. This is how yeah. evil this kid, this kid is. He was kicking him and smashing yeah. his head and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really awful. Um so yeah, so that's that's what's going on uh again Shireen and Adifa are able to do this type of lifestyle a little easier than poor folk. So their 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 ability because you know they have money to have the nice clothes, they have the money to um go to clubs and buy expensive foods and what and drink and whatnot. Um so really what it comes down to is that we eventually learn that even though both girls are interested in men and we, we learn pretty quick too that they're not virgins I guess they would be considered bisexual. Am I right yeah. to say that? And and what happens is they are attracted to each other and they have this very um I would say they're true loves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the film, even though they have like dream sequences of them having sex and some small petting and in, in non dream sequences I don't know if they've actually consummated their relationship, but they've known each other long enough that at least as human beings, they're in love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's one of the hard things about the movie for me is there's some dream sequences where it causes me to not be sure when we have a dream sequence throughout the movie. It's not well cordoned off. So there's some points where I'm like, is the brother really doing that? Or is this a dream? Like he has a dream at one point and that's a dream. And then there's another point where I'm like, is that happening? It is happening. Holy cow. Yeah, 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 exactly. Out of all the dream sequences, only one of them, they actually show the person wake up. Right. Yeah. All the other dream sequences, you're, you're at first thinking they're real, but as the film goes, or, or I should say the scene goes, you eventually see, okay, they're just talking about things and this is what they would hope, not what is actually happening. Well, and in uh, the very beginning, you get the scene where they're in like a nightclub or whatever, yes. and you think that it's going to end like that. It's going to have a happy ending where they're together and th- this is how it ends. We're just seeing it at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the the pre-credit sequence and actually through the credit sequence, uh, we have C. Shireen smoking uh, at, a, at a table, drinking a martini, looking like a supermodel. And this other girl, who we're not sure who it is at first, but we eventually find out it's Adifa, basically doing belly dancing on stage and, and kind of singing as well. And what it is, we learn later in the film is supposed to be Dubai, which is just on the other side of of the Gulf, where it's much more uh, open when it comes to certain things, and especially for for expatriates. Because again, even though they're Muslim, they're also, first of all, they're Shiite Muslim, not Sunni. And second, if they were in Dubai, they're expatriates, so they could go to the expatriates clubs, which allowed drinking and and this type of clothing and whatnot. So they would be considered similar to Westerners in Dubai, 
or, or Japanese or you know any any non-developing country. It almost seems mythical at, at, to them at one point where she's like, anything can happen in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for them, <laughs> yeah. because being Muslim or not, it doesn't matter because again, they're going to be wealthy expatriates. They're not going right. to be, you know, so they would be like Americans or British or French or Dutch or whoever. Um, and and so we just find out that that pre-credit sequence is just one of their wishes if life could be as they had hoped um so so it was an interesting scene well Um, if they had left when shireen really wanted to they would have not had all that happen to them that's right that's that's exactly right yeah yeah because that yeah and that was like um 70% 70% into the movie when they, when that happens and then they have the, we have this final act that is just terrible um, and even then there's still hope yeah for like the last five minutes of film and but then everything just gets swallowed up it's yeah, and, and it everybody out, gets swallowed by the evil brother except for her and she has to run away right and and <laughs> Adifa when she does run away her life isn't what she had hoped she's crushed <laughs> Completely. Because she can't, she's not taking Shireen with her, even though Shireen had the option to go. It's just that I think at that point, Shireen, after getting raped by the brother, Shireen has, has I, I think, just became become a shellless soul, that, you know, a zombie in a sense. Yeah. Um, even though you see on her expression when she's laying on the bed at the end, you could tell that. There's something in her that wants to survive, but I think she's been too crushed. Which is just terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, she realized how much she had been manipulated by the brother into this final circumstance when he tells her that, you know, he'd been watching them. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about that. It's interesting, the first like thir- first act of the film, we see these weird camera ang- uh, like like black and white camera shots, and they're very odd camera angles, not you know what you would expect from this type of film. And then there's also, in some of these shots, especially the ones on the street, you, you see some weird person in the distance. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, yeah. And, and, and what it was is basically what it is. We discover is that the brother's been following them when he's, they're not in the house and he's in the background for, in a lot of shots that you may not notice, especially yeah. the ones where they're showing it through a, a, a lens of a camera. And when we say a lens or a camera, and I, I don't mean the, the cameras filming the movie, but basically you see these black and white in weird angles, it's security cameras. And yeah. so we see them like, so when, when they go to some of these parties, there's a security camera that, that they have to show their face and, and then they're let in. And in the background, you see someone's watching and, and we learn later that it's, it's, it's the brother. And basically in the commentary, they, they kind of, the guy, the guy that plays the brother admits that it's, it's supposed to be him. And then there's cameras we find out, and this is the grossest part. The brother has put cameras after he comes back from the drug rehab throughout the house in all the rooms, including bedrooms. Yeah. To basically watch, I guess, everything that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just because of Shireen is over there because again, 
he doesn't know that Shireen's going to be there necessarily all the time. So it's really to watch his own family too. And his right, sister. And turn them in for whatever reason. Right. And that's the reason why I, I was at one point thinking he had an infectious and a, what was, was it when brother and sister love? What's incestuous. Incestuous liking to his sister, because why would he have cameras in his sister's bedroom? I still she think would you're onto something there. Yeah. <laughs> I think why he took Shireen is because he couldn't have his sister. Right. I so he took the next best right. thing, which was her best friend, who she loved, who looked just like her. Right. They, yeah. And they, they are. I think that it would not surprise me that Mary Ann, and again, if she did purposely do it, I, I didn't hear it in the commentary because I didn't listen to the whole thing, but that she took two women who had somewhat of a resemblance, you know, yeah. like uh, some sort of family resemblance. Um and, and it wouldn't surprise me that they were cast because of it. Um, so yeah, so the brother is 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 kind of gross. Then we also learned about the brother is being the lost soul behavioral health individual that he is. And you may, you you said this offline, and it was brilliant, Barrett, which is he, ta- he he's now off drugs, but having the addictive personality that he is or has he has to find something else to be that um i guess um high or drug or whatever yeah to latch on to 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 latch on to control his life almost you know right and that's that's religion the shiite muslim faith um and and it's being and more specifically very conservative not just becoming you know going going to mosque and doing it but become really into it um and so what happens is we see scenes where he has to pray five times a day as as we see in a lot of muslim faith though his family doesn't do that because you know whatever they're i mean makes them pull the car over at one point so he can pray right exactly and they were they were they even said to him are you serious he goes, absolutely, I'm serious. And they're like, okay. And so they, they do it, but they're like, you know, kind of surprised. And and not to uh, um, say that that's bad or not, but, but you know, uh, we, we know a lot of Muslims uh, in the United States that don't do the five times a day praying that, say, more conservative um, ones would. Um, so... The, the uh, Adifus family is more like that, except for the brother, where they're the type that don't necessarily follow the faith completely. You know, they have a drink here and there. They have wine all in the house, you know, and you're not supposed right. to even drink wine in that religion. So they're not what we would call – what's what's they're, they're – you know, how we all – the joke is the cafeteria Catholic, which is, you know, or or the, the, um, the Protestant that's – religious three times a year because they go to um christmas easter and one other random day just to say they go to church um her parents are kind of like that and actually she is too out of us like that it's but the brother and the brother used to be like that but yeah so he needs something to make his life feel whole again and obviously his family doesn't make him that way and so he decides to get into a conservative religion and he actually goes to mosque and we meet 
this guy there and and it's kind of funny because you at first i thought the guy was just being friendly but as the movie goes you kind of know that okay he 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 saw this weak kid and he he dived at him and let me explain what i say what i mean my mother my mother used to work at the university of massachusetts and she knew the, the all this, a lot of the students, and, and she said there was, you know, some of the students were like shy or quiet or, or, or whatever, and she said that the religious people, like the the Bible, folk, and uh, Jehovah Witnesses, various other Christians and so whatnot, would, would, make a Z straight to those people because they could tell those people. I didn't have many friends or, and they felt that those are the easier ones to quote unquote save or, or bring into their faith. They are prey kind of like a serial killer finds the, the vulnerable people yeah. and kills them. This type yeah. of person finds the vulnerable people and converts them. Right, 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 right. And, and my mother, actually one person, she said, um, eventually flipped out and said, leave me alone and screamed. And then they never bothered them again. And, um, so what it was is is this older guy at the mosque, who's who's actually the Swedish actor that I was telling you about, he could see that uh, uh, what was what was the brother's name? Move it began with an M. Mayron or something like that. Yeah, uh, Mayron. Let's see, uh, Mayron. Yeah, yeah, Mayron. Yeah, played by Raza Sixosafai. Um, he is one of those people who you could tell had some problems. And so this guy Z lines to him and kind of hooks him and brings him into uh, the faith even more. And really what's is he had more intentions than that. He it's like you said that he was using the faith as a true believer to find someone else to be, I guess his, his uh, pansy to find others that he could manipulate or whatever. And the reason I say that is because originally, because you think maybe he's religious too, but he's really not because he's religious. But he goes to the wedding, right? And there's booze at the wedding. Women aren't covered with hijabs and stuff. And then he even takes bribes. So, yeah. yeah, So we find out that he's just a corrupt, evil bastard. And he uses his. He's a police officer, right? Yeah, he's a police officer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's yeah, yeah, and I don't think he's morally police, but he's a police officer. But your power is power, right? Right. Um. So so that even drags in Mah- Mahan Maran. What's his name? Maran. Maran. Even worse, it and further away from his family. Um. And so at that point, the moment he meets the the the, the guy at the mosque, that's the point where. Um, you know the family's in trouble because now he looks at an outsider with more love than his own family. I think exactly. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah. 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 So well, and we know he's already watching them at this point too. Yes. Yes. Exactly. You see those weird scenes before this even happens. Him going. Yeah. But but you know what? At that time, we don't know it's him. Right. We don't know That's anything. What's... We were like, why are these weird scenes in right. here? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a brilliant setup by the director uh, because she has us know that something weird's going on, but we don't know why or what. 
And then when we see this scene, and then when we find out it is Maran that had all these cameras and was in the background and, and the other security cameras, that that make, makes it all come to, oh, now we understand what's going on here. And And then he uses that even more because he can seize an opportunity to go after Shireen as well. Yep. And he basically um, sets that whole thing up because he's watching them so much. He knows yeah. where they go. Yeah. And he basically sets up that raid. And in that raid, right before that raid, Shireen says a lot of things that could get her in trouble. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She even, even, uh, uh, like teases this guy at one point too. Yeah. 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 So um, then they get pulled over by the police. Yes. And when they get brought into the cop station, it's horrible. Shireen is 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 forced to have a actually actually it was the sister. It was it was actually Adifa. Yeah, Adifa. Adifa yeah, yeah they, they, it was terrible. They were forced. Basically, they're looking for um, to see if the the young girls or women, if you prefer, have their hymen still. And it's not a quick test. They're like doing more. It's rape. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. The, you could tell that this wasn't an honest test. This was. This was sexual assault. Yes. To humiliate and to you know, as they say, rape isn't about sex. It's about power. Exactly. You know. And, and again, that's not my quote. And this is this is what some experts have said. So. If you, and you know, if people she get... hadn't been a virgin before it, she wouldn't have been after this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and we've learned over the years that most likely, if your hymen is broken, you're probably not a virgin. But we also know that not everybody who has their hymen broken is not a virgin. Right. We know that it can break other ways, uh, not related to uh male and female uh, female intimacy right. so it's 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 kind of in other words if you try to use that in court it wouldn't it wouldn't work right you know? <laughs> but they were in a court for sure because first off the it, that guy goes in her dad goes in there to try and get her free and he tries to use his influence and the guy says don't try that on me that's not going right. to work. So right. obviously his influence has drained somewhat. Right. And so then well, he pays a bribe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of interesting. He, the, the father was, was, was trying to use his status. And yeah. then when he, and you can tell this father's a pretty smart guy. Cause you see in his eyes, the actor was really good. And, and the guy, the actor, um, I forget his name, but he runs a, uh, stage, production company in Canada, I think in Ontario. And, um, and so, so, you know, this guy, this guy's a professional actor all the way. Um, and because he's not just an actor, he actually runs a whole, whole outfit somewhere in Ontario. And, um, he plays it so well because he, he's, mm-hmm. he's like, like, you know, being blusterous and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then when he sees that he has no power, Right. Change it. It's it's like you know when you go to a interview and you have no idea what to, the answers are to some of the questions, but then you look behind the person and you see that they have a football 
signed by Herschel Walker or something, and you say, "Oh, were you a fan of the Dallas Cowboys?" You know, and you know, one of that type, and that's what the guy was doing. It was so brilliant how he played it, and yeah. and the the cop, you couldn't tell whether or not he fell for it or not, and and but either way, he mellows down a bit, and he allows. Uh, what's his face to take his daughter? And I can't well, I remember. I think that was ultimately what he was going to do anyway. I think that yeah. he, his mellowing down was just, it was Bottom a calculated thing. Yeah. The like, good cop, bad cop thing, but he he's doing it himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because then he started bonding over, hey, we both have daughters. Right, <laughs> right. How difficult it is to have a daughter. Right. And then he says, my daughter's dead. And, and then <laughs> the father says, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, no, she's still alive. But she yeah. went she's over on the other side of the ocean so she's dead so to, to me. me she's dead it's like holy <laughs> shit. and then this is the father you can see his expressions like okay i see what's going on here um so i think the whole thing was is that he used the arrest of the daughter to, to mooch his way in exactly to gain yeah because he's you know he, he's eventually invited to the, the son's wedding who he kind of snagged already from the church i mean from the mosque well so, yeah. meanwhile shireen thinks that her her uncle's gonna have to give the deed to his house for her to get out right 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 yeah <laughs> and, and then the brother with the deed right well and this is when you know the, the brother's a scumbag too right oh because yeah he, he comes in and it's like why is he here he should, he's not he has nothing i mean okay he should be here maybe for he's not a cop <laughs> yeah he's not a cop though why is he allowed into the the questioning room and and he goes, I can get you out of here. Don't worry. You know, and, and basically it's because he's friends with the cop. And so it was all set up the whole yeah. thing. And, and it's just so rotten. And so she, she eventually gets out too, because the brother gets her out. But the, the, the main thing is, is the brother's trying to trick her into, you know, becoming his wife in a sense, you know, no, he doesn't trick her. He's, he's got her under control at this point. Because yeah. the uncle is – to get her out, the uncle has to promise that her hand in marriage. And then yeah, what's right. even worse is later on, the father takes um, Adifa out on a walk so they okay. get her away from the house while right, they're right. meeting with the, the um, brother and uh, Shireen. Oh, and, and was that, the, was that the, the mountain hike? Yeah, that was the mountain hike. Meanwhile, they're meeting, right. and she's, her hand is being given in marriage. Right, and she doesn't even know. Yeah, she doesn't even have any idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that scene too because that was a really good scene. Um, because she calls her father out, but oddly it backfires because the father gets sucked in. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but one thing about the the cop scene where they're arrested because they're harassed a few other times by cops when they're just driving on the road too. Yeah. Um, but when they're talking to her, they force. Sure, I think it's Shireen. It's one of the two. They had the, the, the you know the hijab thing on, so I couldn't really tell who it was, which girl it was. But she's forced to stare at the wall when the two cops, the good cop and the bad cop, are, are talking to her. And whenever she's Shireen, yeah, they're Shireen. calling her a whore and all that. Whereas, right. Whereas Adifa is in the room with the women circling around her. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And telling and, her how horrible she is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're as women. I treated like garbage, commodities, uh, no power. Yeah, no, 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 uh, 
self-respect, no dignity, no no power, as you said, no human rights, no no pride. It's, it's pretty awful stuff. It is. Fortunately, the two girls are strong enough that when they're called whores and stuff, they don't believe it. You know, they they they're pretty pretty solid, um, but they know their situation, which is th- this is this is a totalitarian corrupt well and it's fairly obvious early into it how much they've been watched because earlier they've also been like you said dubbing these movies for consumption yeah we'll, we'll, we gotta talk about that scene too yeah yeah well that happens earlier and that's brought up here so they that's one of the reasons they're in trouble yeah and and how do they how would they know that they were dubbing the films exactly it's the brother was watching them do it right <laughs> and 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 I don't even I don't even know what house or room they were doing it in. So I don't know how he got the security camera because I don't think it was out of his house. I don't think it was that either. There's I think it was yeah, one so, of the guys. Yeah. So he had bugged those houses too. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, it had to be. Um, and so. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, just, just a terrible situation. Um, and and that's well, the thing. What's worst about it is they're not doing this because they believe in the religion. It's all about control of these two girls. Yeah, yeah. Or, or all women, for that matter. Yeah, or all women. Yeah. In that country. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and this is a funny thing. Uh, I had this debate once on on social media. It's a, a cesspool of hate. Social media. It's a terrible place. And um, there was this thing where. Someone posted something about he jobs, and it was uh, and uh, it was a group of like horror writers, you know, indie horror writers, so no one famous. You know, they're basically self-published people. And um, I wrote something that I said under it. I go, yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunate because those women who are forced to wear that are wearing it because of. It's a construct created by a bunch of patriarch society stuff, and it's not by choice. And it's a shame that they have to wear it. And some liberal kook, like total nut woman, begins ripping into me saying, you're a chauvinist. You have no right to tell us women how we dress. We can dress any way we want. You know, and, and she wasn't a Muslimist woman at all. She was just, you know, like some Irish name or something like any any other typical american name um and and i said well you didn't under you must have misunderstood my 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 point my point was is the hijab is for uh, they're forced to wear because the government which is run by all men told them to do it because if you don't you're going to jail well have you and when they come to the states or any other country they've uh, many of them are wearing it because of habit or they themselves have been pre-programmed to believe this when other Muslim nations, women don't have to wear that. So that's what I mean. And again, she comes back saying, you're a man. You have no right to say any of this. It's not your business. Woman can trust the way. And it's like, oh, my God, these people don't understand what the point. Well, did you see recently? So there's a grandmaster chess, this young female, and she's not going to to one of the um, tournaments. She's going to lose her status because she won't do one of the tournaments in one of the countries where she'd have to wear a hijab. 
Oh yeah, I did remember that. I did read that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And 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 you I know, think the World Chess Organization shouldn't allow that. The, I mean, no, right. That, they should they should pull it from that country. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, exactly. We're gonna pull it and put it in a country that this is not an issue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She should not lose status because of that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and but again, you know, so many people are just so closed minded and they are one focused with one issue people and this woman's one issue thing was women can do whatever they want without looking at all the surrounding issues which is no they can't do all anything they want because if they could they wouldn't have to wear the hijab in that country country. you know but it's okay if you want to wear it of course that's not right you were making though Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And and if I did go any further, one point I was making was if they wear it by choice after the fact, it's because they have been almost programmed. It has been. Because if they grew up in a uh, uh, somewhere else where they didn't have these type of conditions, they would have never thought of ever wearing it in the first place ever, period. Because who right. the hell – you know, so, but again, you know, people will do it as they please, and we're not here to bash how people choose to. Yeah, we don't care what dress. you wear. Wear whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, we, I, we, I just wanted to make it. Although I have to, point. I have to call up something ironic. We have a law going back into effect in Virginia where it's illegal to wear a face mask. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> they have this law in the books where it's illegal to wear one, but we're being told to wear one because of COVID. Right, right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, up, here in New, up here in New Hampshire, we don't have to wear masks anymore. They, they, they got rid of it. It's all optional, it, depending on private companies can force you to, but... But, but uh, legally, we can't wear it. Right, <laughs> right. It's because of the old law. Because, because of this law. new... Yeah, this law before COVID right, said right, you right, can't right. wear face masks. Right, right. That's too funny. Um, so anyway... Um, yeah. So, so yeah. That, that's basically what's what's going on. Is the brother is trying to get Shireen to be forced into being his wife because he's having and, nasty dreams about her. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty. Really bad. Well. Well. Not really. They're, they're just they're tame in the movie. But you know, yeah. those dreams yeah. aren't tame if it was for real. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. It's it's not just him thinking you know imagining himself having sex with they're very erotic yeah put it yeah, that way yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with very little happening they are made to feel very erotic yes yes absolutely which is which is well done by the, the director yeah um she didn't have to show anything but the point was really presented quite well oh yeah and and being religious that he is he feels guilty yeah and he that's felt why he's totally guilty out. when he woke up yeah he's like sweating and he's like oh <gasps> Right, right, and, and it's kind of funny because because like I said, you know, if you're you're some 21 year old kid downtown New York City at a bar, and you see a, a really good looking woman on the other side of the the, the thing, the, the the there's a running joke that some people say, which is if you can't imagine having sex with the person, you're not going to want to get their number. And say, and for a woman, if you can't imagine having sex with the man, you're not going to give the number. And right. so, so, you know, people have those type of thoughts, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I can, you know. So, 
I'll state that he wasn't being awful for having those thoughts. And again, they were in a dream too. It wasn't like he was just actually thinking about it while daydreaming. Right. But he, this is part of where he, we've, he's determined, I want this woman. Exactly. That dream causes him to go down this path where he betrays his whole family. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, too, about Shireen that's interesting is that Shireen has an option, even if it's a daydream, the two girls talk about how we should run away to Dubai. You know, uh, one of the, the dream is basically Shireen. I forget which one says it, but uh, but I, yeah, I think it was Shireen. That's I think it was Shireen. Says it. Yeah, yeah, she goes, I imagine myself uh, in the audience as your manager while you're on stage um, at a, this, this nightclub. And basically it's the scene that we saw at the beginning of the film. You know, uh, you have a hot chick on stage singing and a hot chick in the audience uh, smoking a cigarette, drinking a martini. And, um, and at this point, we're still hoping that that's how it ends. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it probably could end that way. But what happens is that Shireen kind of interesting that you brought it up specifically, which is Shireen at the beginning of the film is, is more of the timid person. That's just slowly getting out of the shell and becoming who she really wants to be. She's the one that, um, decides that rather than running away to Dubai, it would be better just to marry Adif's brother and therefore she would live in the same house basically or, or you know in the same family group anyway and then she could still have her relationship with Adifa that she wants because she now will have an end to the house without looking like it's odd that oh why are you, why are you hanging out you know? and, but the thing is is that so she's the one that eventually just agrees, yeah, to her uncle, I'll, yeah, I'll marry this guy. And that's bad news, first of all, because she doesn't know the brother's a psychopath. Yet. Right. And second of all, it's bad news because it's kind of a betrayal to Adifa because Total she betrayal. does it without, without telling her why that she's doing it and that she's doing it because of this reason. It's only well, after in the, the end, point. In the end, he's like, the brother's like, I can't live it this way. This is not acceptable. And then he rapes her. Yes. And then he cries and she feels bad for him. And then they have regular sex. And that's around when he tells her about the cameras. Well, and that, that's, that's a very disturbing thing about this movie. That whole scene, not just because of the, the rape. But, for example, Straw Dogs. That's a great film from by uh, Peckinpah, you know, from way back, starring Dustin Hoffman and and Susan George, and and um, uh, Warner. Uh, I forget the guy's Herzog. The Herzog. What? No, Warner. He was the guy that was in the Omen. He played the reporter. Oh right, right. right. David Warner. David Warner. Warner, Uh, And anyway, that that film, um, there was a scene, a rape scene in that, unfortunately. Yeah. And that film got a lot of blowback even though it's considered a classic, it got a little blowback because Susan George, by the end of the rape, um, basically accepted it. So it was like the no, 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 don't, no, no, and then accepted it. The remake and, is exactly the same, by the way, for the rape scene. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the remake. Similarly. Yeah. Interesting. And so in this film here, she gets raped and like brutally raped like yes. bent over the bed and again fortunately they don't 
show. I mean, they show put it. They show it without the nudity, but it's similar exactly. to Sansa Stark in Game of Thrones. If you if you've seen that film, I mean that show, and you know what I'm talking about, Sansa Stark and what happens to her by Ramsay Bolton, it's just like that. So it's pretty horrible. And at the end, similar to the Susan George character in Straw Dogs, she kind of gives in a little bit. And the thing is, is did she give in because she's been defeated as a, you know, her soul is crushed or did she give in because it will be the way to uh, stop the brother from going nuts. But, but now that I reevaluate it, I'm thinking it's because her soul's crushed because before he rapes her, it's that's when he tells her that I've been watching you and I know everything everything she and, knows there's no way out at that point once she yeah. learns that he rapes her she knows there's no way out and then he plays on her sympathies to say i can't believe you don't love me why don't you love me i mean geez i'm a great guy yeah he, yeah he just <laughs> he just brutally raped her like sansa stark by ramsey right. bolton and it's like what's wrong with me it's pretty it's pretty yeah and he's yeah. crying and everything it's like oh my god really Right. And then, and then when she's, like you said, we said her soul is, is crushed and she just gives in at that point to have normal sex with them. Um, he's literally, he's not sad anymore. So it's like, he was truly like a sociopath. It was just phony. Everything was just fake. It's like, oh my God, that this guy has no conscience at all. And the father's soul is crushed too, because yeah. he's fighting it. He's fighting it and fighting in it. And then in the end, when they have the argument about the singing, right. and he, he tells his father, you take care of her and I'll take care of my wife. You know, it's like he sees where things are going. The cop shows up. His whole life has been invaded by this new thing where the son has been converted and uh, – he just falls into the prayer at that point. He becomes part of it at that point. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Let's talk about that scene a bit. It's really interesting. Uh, well, well, actually, let's talk about before we get into that scene. Let's talk about the scene on the hill on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. That's a really important scene. So basically, like you said, the marriage is going to happen, and or or the suitor is coming, and all this, which is the brother and the father. Just tries, to, you know, and the mother trick the daughter into thinking that. Oh, it's just a father-daughter thing, you know. We should we don't hang out enough or whatever. So they go up the mountain outside of Tehran, and and because the city's in a valley, so they have a lot of you know really good hiking supposedly. And uh, and again, they're using Lebanon as a stand-in here though. Um, and so they're up the mountain, and then like the, the daughter Adifa starts getting angry at the father. Um, because the father is, is saying, well, you know, you've got to stop doing, you have to be more careful, you know, all this other stuff, you know, the cops, the rest of it, I had a bill, you're out of, you know, all this other crap. And she flips out on him saying, well, it's your fault. And he goes, what do you mean? It's, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he goes, she goes, it's your fault that we live in this circumstance. And that's where the title comes from. It was you and your generation who did the, the, the um, revolution. And then forced us to be in the circumstance that we are in today, which is I can't just go to the club and 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 have fun with my friends. I can't date a boy. I can't be a lesbian. You know, I can't do any of this stuff. 
And and for folks who aren't are, are curious, when the revolution happened, the revolution similar to the Russian Revolution, this revolution here had multiple factions. You, they, it was basically all the factions just wanted the Shah out, meaning the king, the dictator, the king, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yeah, they he, basically he, wanted him out, and they wanted the uh, change. And the thing is, is you had your, your pro-democracy group, you had the capitalist group, you had the communists, you had the, the, the religious folk, you had all these people. And what happened was the most powerful group, similar to in the Russian Revolution, the whites, there was the whites and the reds, one group became more powerful than the rest. And then they rounded up all the others who helped in the revolution and they killed them all, executed them all. So when Trotsky and Lenin and, and, and Berea and all those guys took over Russia with, along with the whites, which were the, the pro-democracy group. They purged the red. They, they, they <laughs> purged them all and they killed all the pro-democracy people. And what happened in the Iranian revolution, the exact same thing happened, which is when the, 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 the group that became most powerful, which happened to be the, the religious group, they purged all the rest after the revolution. So they got rid of the Shah, and then after they get rid of the Shah, they get rid of everybody else that wasn't part of their group. And so she's ripping big time into her father, saying it's all. And, and he's trying to, you know, yeah, but you know, we're wealthy. We're, I was you know, rebellious when I was young too. He tries to yeah, yeah, right, right relate right. to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and she calls him out. She, you know, and she's absolutely right. You know, the father's a decent man. He's a good man. He, he he's not abusive to his wife or his daughter or his son. No. He, he there is no abuse. The only person that does any abuse are the people in power or the brother. Yep. So the the family members are are all decent to each other. Yeah, they're good people. They're good people, absolutely. And so, but that doesn't mean they're not responsible for certain things and that's what the what the daughters do they help that whole system be maintained by accepting it right exactly i mean it's it's you know everyone's part of the problem (laughs) right right and it may be easy for us or or the listeners to say yeah that's ridiculous that's terrible but you know and so to be to be fair when you're over there Nobody wants to die, right? Right. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. die. Exactly. So if you say, speak out to the government and say, this is ridiculous or what, what's generally what's going to happen to you is the revolutionary guard, which is basically their Gestapo or KGB, will, will come and take you away and you'll never be seen again. And they've already been, this has already happened right now. She was, a, she got arrested twice. Cause That's right. Before the hilltop, because immediately the day or immediately after she finds out that the marriage is going to happen, she goes out and she's driving around smoking and whatever, and she gets pulled over again and they get her out. You don't really get any scene out of it except for her being at home and the parents going, what are we going to do with you? Yeah, it's the second time in less than a week or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and, And as we've seen already, Shireen's parents had been purged, you know, so we, we know something suspicious to happen to them and it was most likely because they were part of the intelligentsia right, right. and usually because they were they were school to uh, professors college yep. professors so uh, as we know what happened in in uh communist poland 
when they were, uh, oh, let me rephrase, I'm sorry, not Communist Poland. When, when Poland was invaded by the Germans and the Russians. Killed all the intelligence, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Russians side, they rounded up thousands and thousands of the elite intelligentsia of, in the Polish um, society, and they, they shot them all, and they, and they buried like 20,000 of them in a, in a grave in the middle of the woods. And when they were found, when, when Poland became free again, Back in 1989 or whenever it was, 1999 or whatever it was, um, they found the, the, the graves and they, and they called the Soviets out on it. And the Soviets denied it and said, no, that was the Nazis that did that. And then they had to come out like a, a month later and admit, yeah, it was us. The Soviets did it. So, so you know, if you come out in, in Iran, you just disappear. You know, it's not right. a fog. Um, so yeah, so to be, to be fair, you know, you don't want to be those people that disappear, but they're still part of the problem in a sense. Exactly. And, and whether we understand it or not, you're still part of the problem. Just like, you know, in any time, I mean, there's heroes and then there's regular people that go to heroic measures and not everyone can do that. Right. You know, I mean, fighting against your own country to make change in that environment is very different from politically protesting here. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Over here, you can political protest pretty well. The problem is if you are just a bystander or you want to counter protest, you may get hurt or, or injured. But generally the government doesn't come and take you away right you don't disappear you don't you're not tortured um you might get killed by a counter protester or if you're a counter protester you might get killed by a protester here but it's not the same thing it's not organized and it's generally not by the government right yeah it's it's just by other civilians who decide to beat the hell out of you and kill you right you know and any country could turn to to what they're in the situation they're in any it's country. always possible. Absolutely. It's always possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially when the dynamics of what makes you as a people dissolve. Plus um, your, your belief system. So in other words, if, if your belief system is more important than your neighbor, that's when things begin to go bad. Or if you think I'm going to die or they're going to die, that's a pretty clear decision. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people aren't going to say, okay, I'll die instead. Um, Yeah, right. right, That's why what happened in Nazi Germany happened because, I I mean, that's what we should look at is how a whole people are turned to think someone's the enemy. Right, right, or, or even even non-ethnically. Let's just look at, at yeah. politically, like we, you know, uh, communist East Germany, right? Remember them? They had they had the um, the Stasi. They had family members similar to what we saw in this movie. Um, call out their own family members for yeah. speaking against. The, the government and those people would then be rounded up and go to the gulags and you never see them again. Um, so it, it happens a lot, unfortunately, in a lot of these dictators. And and I, I my father told me this, and and I and I mean it's generally a 
common understanding. But my father said it once to me, and I said, man, that's actually a brilliant idea, point, which is a lot of these countries are run by criminals. And when I say, when he said criminals, he meant they're basically run by similar people that run like the mob, you know, the Irish mob, the Italian mob, or, or, or the drug mobs down in Colombia or whatever. So you have individuals who have no conscience, who only care about money, who only care about power, who only care about whatever things they want. You know, you know, I mean, you can even throw in women if you want, because we, you know, we, there's rumors that like, the leader of behavioral health. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, and and so you got all these people who have no conscience and, and they don't even have to be sociopaths. They could just be evil people, right? I mean, I always right. say, I mean, most criminals are sociopaths, but not all of them. And so, so you could have all these people, but they definitely all must have some sort of behavioral health issue because there's just, not, because who would do those things? You know, it's just not right. It doesn't make sense. So, they actually aren't just the bully down the road in the neighborhood of, of, of Brooklyn, like a mob boss, or, or, or in Boston, it would be like, like you know, the, the um, Winter Hill Gang, you know, the Irish mob, or, or the Jewish mob out in Vegas, you know, you go on and on. They actually have power of an entire country. Right. Like Putin. <laughs> like Putin. Or, or, or Z of China. Yep. You know, uh, or, 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 uh, Kim un son or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kim, we'll just say Kim of, of North Korea or Fidel Castro did for 50 years in, in Cuba where yep. people just disappeared every day. You know, I mean, so it, it, that's scary. And so when you live in a country like that, it's scary yep. because you, you know, that you are, your destiny depends on whether a criminal that has power decides to, if you should survive or not. But again, as we, as we, to go back to the daughter complaining and saying, it's your fault. We are in this circumstance. She's right, but naive. <laughs> right, right, right. But she isn't going to allow, she's not going to become part of the system. She's not. Yeah, exactly. That, she, that's, she cannot so she, accept it. Right. So she may be naive because she doesn't understand that the reason they have money is because the father has become part of the system. But she refuses to be part of the system. So she, even though she's naive and doesn't understand the circumstances or sees the other circumstances of the people but can't put it all together, she's still not going to accept it. Well, and it's funny because – she actually begins to worry about Shireen when Shireen starts spouting off about the patriarchy and stuff in the club before they get the first arrest. So, I mean, she's not totally naive. She knows that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also she's not a revolutionary either, meaning she wants to get rid of the government. I mean, if she had a choice, she would most certainly want it gone. But she knows that the only way to out of it is to just get the hell out. Exactly. Because she's yeah. not protesting. She's right. not being any better than her father. She's not going out there and creating a new revolution. But but again, that's the thing is that that's in a situation like that, you can't protest because if you do, I mean, you get So there's, you have one or two options, either become the system or, or get leave. the F out. Yep. And she decides that 
being the human being that she is with goals and and, and, and it may not it, you could even say it's just a selfish motive which is she just wants a better life for herself uh, or a survivalist if you if you want to be more fair um she said, decides i'm out and, well and, and it's and, interesting because she does give shireen the chance to go with her because she yeah. finds out about the cameras and then she right. goes into the room and she realizes shireen must know because shireen is worried about the cameras right what are you well, worried about? What are you worried about? Is it this? And she pulls the camera off the wall. Right, right. And Shereen doesn't say anything. Right. Um, and, and, he was, and that's the thing, too. The scene earlier with them, Shereen was the one that's saying, look, I did this for you. Now we can have our love. We can have our affair. We can do it. We can do it. And and, and Adifa was the one that's like, no, this isn't good. Because no. we're still and, – and she doesn't necessarily say it right out. But what she's basically implying is I'm still not with you. My brother's betrayed me. You are – and I are still living in a – a construct created by a bunch of criminals or if and if you prefer a patriarchy and we don't we should we don't have to be this way because we can just leave well I mean, she believes shireen at this point has betrayed her too because she sees on those tapes yeah she doesn't see the rape part i don't know why that's not there but she sees where shireen has sex with her brother right that's true Normal yeah sex. that pisses that pisses her off too okay. yes yeah. Oh, and Shireen is actually looking in, in at the in the camera. She looks up at the camera. Yep. Yeah, that be, which makes it even more gross. Yeah. So, so that uh, so it's kind of funny is that at one point Shireen looks like she is going to be the the fighter, but in reality, what she did was she was just trying to trick the system, but still be part of the system. Right. While while our uh, Lead actress or character Adifa, well, or co-lead, I should say, uh, Adifa is the one that says, "No, I'm not here to trick the system, nor am I here to fight the system. I'm here to get the hell out of the system." She sees the lie in what Shireen wants to do. Exactly. They'd be lying to themselves if they did that, and yes. it's just it's horrible to do to themselves. You know, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> now. Now let's let's talk about. Uh, the important scene, even before all this, which is, uh, the, like you said, we were talking earlier, the um, the singing scene. So yeah. basically, what happens is it's, it's like a post-wedding party, or or, or no, I don't even think it's a wedding party by this point. This yeah, is yeah, it's the wedding party. It's after the wedding. Okay. And they're all gathered inside the house, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at this point, you can see Adifa is all pissed about the the whole thing. But either way, um, Adifa is is going to begin to sing on the piano. And Shireen is going to join her on the you know on, on the, the pushing of Adifa's parents, among other people. So yeah, yeah, let's see you both sing because they had they had this song and they, they were ready to do. And then the yeah, brother, was the song Shireen wrote, right? Yes, was it? Yeah. yes, I believe so. And then out of the blue, the brother and her husband says no. Well, he sees he sees his sister looking at him, and it makes him mad. So he right. wants to exert his control. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, because it's not just out of the blue. It's it's him showing the the power trip that he has. You're he's right. always standing around watching them, and he sees his sister look over at him. And he, that's right. when he goes, "No, she's not going to sing." 
Right. And and the father says, are you serious? And the mother says, what? you know, and he goes, no, I, 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 my, I have power over my wife. You know, he says it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He, he says it a different way. But he goes, I, uh, my wife is my wife and and I'm responsible for her. And my and I'm saying she's not going to sing. He goes, yeah. And the father says, yeah, but Adam is going to sing, too. He goes, well, that's your daughter. You have the power over your daughter. You have the responsibility over your daughter. So you can do whatever you want with your daughter as yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want with my wife. Well, so, I think he also implied there that the father can't control the daughter. Yeah, you'll be right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there, it looks like there's going to be a little a weird fight because, again, this is a party where all the women are dressed to the nine. So so they're like, you know, as if you were downtown Boston um, or at any wedding for that matter. And um. And so they're breaking all the laws of the of the the, the country at, at this party. They have liquor. They have a woman showing skin, their face, their hair, which you're not supposed to do. A period. You know, on and on and on. So so every every law that's part of the morality police is being broken. And so the fa- father is saying, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, you know. It, and then. You can tell they're about to probably get in a fight because the father was going to get angry. But then the mother sees it and stops and says, you know what? I'll sing with Adifa. And and then people go, yeah, you know, whatever. And so the, the whole thing is, is dissolved and all the problem's over. But then you see the father and he looks over at the brother and, and, and Shireen. He sees Shireen all, you know, like, you know, just uh, – you know, head down, you know, whatever, you know, she has no power. Uh, she's not the same girl she was four hours ago, in other words. And then she sees the brother laughing it up and, with the, the policeman. Mm-hmm. And then he's, and you can tell that, again, this act is really good. Um, he, he, you see in his expression, he sees that a policeman is here where they, I could be destroyed in a second because they can just say, I've broke every law in the morality police by having this party. And this policeman's already schooled him, too. Yes, right. So. And this policeman, and he already knows this policeman's a hardliner. And he also knows this policeman is not just a hardliner, but he's a non-believer. He's a corrupt bastard because he's the type that would come to such a party, which he did. So he's at a party where all the moralities are broken. But – because he's a cop, he could say he's there to arrest everybody or to, to turn everybody in. And so, he can and hold it above him forever. Exactly. Blackmail. Yep. So the father goes over and he grabs orange juice or, or, or some mango juice, you know, whatever juice. It, it's something Definitely like orange. Juice. It could have actually yeah. been wine. Yeah. 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 It could have been a bit of mixed drink. I don't know what it was, but it was some sort of drink. So whether it was alcoholic or not, I don't know. But either way, he goes over to the son, gives him one, and he goes over to the cop, and he gives one to the cop. And at that moment, you know that he's not doing it because he is trying to buy time like he did in the scene where he's talking to the cop at the police department, he's doing it because he knows he's done. He's completely broken. Yeah. You see him break and he's such a good actor. You see him break as he's looking at the sun and then he's looking at the cop. You just see his whole form collapses and you can tell that he's done. Yes. 
Yeah, and and so his. So the next scene, we see the father. We see him doing the prayers now with the son, and again, no big deal if if you know you want to be religious and and do your five prayers a a, a, a day, pointing to Mecca or whatever, like a lot of religious folk may do. But that's not the father. That's not why the father's doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, he's, he's doing, doing it, it to protect for survival. Himself. Yes, exactly yeah. for survival, not because of belief. Exactly. Yeah, and. And he has, he knows he can't do anything. Even if he wanted to disown the son, he couldn't because if he right. did, he, the, then he then he's he's turned over to the the morality. He's lost total control of his family at this point, right? Like the yes. son is in charge. Yes, the son has become in charge because of sociopath tendencies, evilness, power grab. Um, and, and the thing is, is when he he does it, embarrasses his whole family and, and his wife at the wedding. He says, "No, my wife's not going to sing." You could tell, and that's this guy's a good actor too. Um, you could tell, and I, I I wish I had I had listened to the commentary when of this scene because he he was on that commentary. Um, you could tell that the way, assuming that, you know, the, again, it's all acting, but but based off of pretending these are real people, you could tell he was doing it not because. He was a believer either. He was doing it because of power and evil. It was malevolent. Big, yeah, malevolent, megalomaniac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He wanted to break his father. He wanted to break his sister. And he yeah. wanted to break his new wife all at the exactly. same time. And he did it. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Unbelievable. Pure, pure evil. Um, so, um. Yeah, yeah, but but one thing about this film, and we didn't really get into it, we talked about it a little bit, was that the friends, the men friends, Joey or Joseph, whatever his name was, and and the, the American guy, because uh, I know you missed it, but the, one of the guys is sim- and and she talks about it in her commentary, the the director, that he was supposed to be that was like her, the the man that oh. came. It was that because that was the the uh, the American that would come to Iran for the summer, you know, and and that's uh, and bringing the stuff about when milk. He was directing them, yeah, he was directing yeah. them. No, you don't want to sound. You want to sound more gay, and then he sounds right. more gay. He's like, not that gay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's the whole funny thing is he's talking about milk. And he's talking of the movie Milk, starring Sean Penn and, and James Franco. And he starts talking about Sex in the City. Yeah. And and they're clueless. They say Sex in the City. Is that a porno? Yeah. <laughs> and they, he goes, No, 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 no. And he has to try to explain it to him. And he goes, I want to dub, the, you know, season one of Sex in the City. But first, let's do Milk. You know. And they go, Yeah, but isn't that about some gays or something? He goes, No, no, it's not. It has nothing to do. And, and it's kind of funny because what he says is really what the director is saying, which is this movie isn't about gays, her movie circumstance. This, her movie is just like milk. It's about, about, uh, rights issues and, and, yeah. and, and, um, being who you are. Yeah. And, and, and so she's ri- basically, it's kind of funny when you think about it, she's literally writing in that character's line again, which is the cipher for her anyway. What milk is about is what my movie is about. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of funny when you think about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I really like those. I mean, they brought a little bit of levity into a movie that would otherwise have been entirely bleak. Right, because originally I thought those guys were going to be dinks or evil bastards. I did too. You know, they they seemed like that in the beginning. 
Yeah, because it looked. I, I was th- because well, I think they tricked us because the, one of the characters, uh, I think it was Shireen. She goes, "Are you upset? You claim he's your boyfriend, but you see, he's he's kissing other girls now." And 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 then eventually he goes back with Shireen. And we assume she he has sex with her too because, and and so you think, okay, he's just using girls and whatever. But it's nothing like that at all. It's it's right. they're just young kids that are. I don't want to say promiscuous, but, but, um, they're just having fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I know some religious folk will say they, that's promiscuous and, and fine. Maybe they are, but what they're doing isn't damning by any means. If anything, what it is, it's, it's them just being stupid. If you really want to look at it, but you could also at, say that it's no, they're just having fun. So, uh, so in other words, I'm trying to, uh, portray, all types of belief of of what you saw without basically saying they're they're well and they're in a very oppressive society so it's really hard for them to be themselves right and and in an oppressive society they're more apt to maybe do those experimentations which is have sex with various couple different people or use drugs you know because you know the chance to do it isn't is the opportunity isn't there like it is say anywhere else in the world right right so yeah um but yeah so we find out they're actually pretty good guys yeah them. yeah i like those characters a lot and that was uh where keon anderson was one of them uh he was he was a good looking guy and, and an american guy um i'm not sure that, i forget the actor's name i looked him up though yeah um and i think he's actually american in real life that actor hmm. um and uh let's see anything else that we wanted to discuss um i think we can just discuss the end which basically gets she she spends some money to get a passport that has a signature i'll put that in air quotes from uh, from her father so she can leave so she can't even leave unless her father has signed it so she goes somewhere that can kind of fake it and we end up with her leaving in a taxi and heading to the airport that's right. Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting, too, because we have, like I said, the first scene, which was where Shireen says, look, I did this for you. And then we have the second scene, which is um, Adifa saying, no, it's all fake. This is not good. Um, there's cameras. Well, keep in mind, she has already gotten the passport thing when she confronts Shireen. That's right. That's true. So that's an important point because she's already made the decision to leave. And I think she already knows that Shireen's not going to leave. Right. And, and I was, and, and she's also to the point where if Shireen, whether Shireen comes or not, she's gone. Right. You know, but she wants Shireen because that's part of her happiness and her dream. And she loves Shireen both as a significant other, but also as a human being. But, she's not going to let herself be stuck in uh, this situation where her brother has become the evilness that surrounds the whole family. And she's and not the patriarch of the family. Yeah. Father's yeah. given up. Yeah. And, and, uh, offline, I, I, I mentioned to you, but in the commentary, um, they talked, uh, both the actor that plays the brother and Marianne, the, the director talk about how the music by the end especially when the brother's on the screen is more nefarious and, and uh, dark while at the beginning or when scenes, when he's not in the film, 
it wasn't as, as, as such. So once he takes over, she knows she can't go to a bar anymore. She knows she can't hang out with Joseph and, and the American guy anymore. She knows that she's not going to have the relationship she uh, that Shireen thought would happen because once the brother admits that I know what's going on, that's over. And so, she knows there's cameras everywhere. She can't even be alone in her house. Right. And she knows the father's gone. Yeah. He, you know, he, he can't help. And the mother can't she's, help anyway because know. she's property just like anybody <laughs> exactly. else, you know. So she says, I'm out of here. Yep. You know, and and uh, the, the thing is, is it's yeah, so it's, it's very heartbreaking, the, the ending in a sense. It's a sad, sad end because everybody yeah. has been swallowed up by this oppressiveness. And even her, she may be leaving, but her yeah. whole life is destroyed. Also, I, I was wondering a couple of things. I, I was, I even texted you when I was watching this. I was saying, I wonder if Shireen's going to suicide at the end. That's one thing I thought. And I said, maybe Adifa's going to suicide at the end, I thought. And then I also thought, and I didn't text you on this one because it happened too, so quick, the, the scene. But when she goes to get her passport stamped so she could leave the country, and the, and the guy opens the passport and finds the, the money in it, in other words, the bribe, if she got, picked the wrong person she would have been arrested and executed right you know but she lucked out that the guy took the bribe and he could have even took the bribe and still not stamp right so he he could have there's so many he, or, or you know because this again i mentioned this scene before we went to spoilers but there's a scene when shireen's in a, t a cab where she wants to go to a club and Ada for some reason doesn't want to for some reason and so she goes well i'm going anyway and she jumps in the cab and the cab driver says where you're going and she says and he goes and then he turns to her he goes it's okay if i play this music because he's playing music in the cab and shireen says yeah i love this music it's really good and then he immediately attacks her and says you're a whore aren't you and he goes she goes what she goes i know what's under that you you under your your dress i mean your your yeah. new job and he's not meaning you know her body. He's meaning that she. He knows that there's a, a, a cocktail dress that she's wearing and and all this other stuff. And she tries to deny it. And he goes, "All right, then let's go to the cops." And she immediately shuts up. And then that's when he knows that okay, I got it. He just wants and, to be close to female flesh because a foot is good enough for him. Yeah. So basically, he <laughs> he he says, "I want your foot." And she goes, "What? I want your foot." And basically, what he does is he sexually assaults her. Uh, and he takes her foot and he masturbates basically and probably you know onto her foot basically and it's pretty and she's like horrified because first of all it's a fat weird fetish and second of all she's basically forced to do it basically she's raped that's 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 I, I don't well let's not say rape but it's sexual assault which is basically the same thing in my opinion um, because she's forced to do a sexual act with some pervert. And if she doesn't, she's going to she's going to jail and 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 probably executed because they're going to find out that she has a cocktail dress underneath, breaking all right. the morality laws. Right. And, you know. And so he yeah. So, um, it's it's just just a rotten or situation. And so she, when Adifa gives the bribe for the stamp and her passport, that, like I said, there's three options could happen. One. He could have arrested her and she would have been executed. Two, he could have took the money and said, get the hell out of here. And then she would have been out the money and still be stuck. Or three, he'd take the money and he'd stamp. And he did, and he, fortunately for her, 
it was the right guy and it was the guy that took the money and stamped right you know and otherwise she wouldn't have been able to leave and it would have been much more grim <laughs> right, right right exactly exactly i mean we had to have at least a little bit of hope that indeed. she might have something good happen for her indeed indeed yeah and and fortunately it uh it did uh, but of, of course now she's not with her true love which is unfortunate and she's also uh won't ever see her family again either meaning her right. mother or father you know so it, it's a terrible thing and the brother this brother this brother character may be one of the most villainous characters i've seen in any film yeah, without violence, he does some of the worst things I've ever seen someone do to people. Well, and yet I'll say violence because he did the the rape. Right. That was, I mean, that but was without violence, violence even, he does some of the worst things I could. Oh, right. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because everything he does is threats. Yeah. So, and, and and if they didn't succumb to his threats, there was going to be violence, whether it was from him. Or from the police that he's going to go get. And well, he don't forget, utilizes he beat... the police to give the threats, right? He and doesn't even threaten himself. He uses them to do it. Right. And don't forget, he, he did the violence on his friend. Right. He betrayed yeah. his friend. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was but... one of the most villainous points. He thought that that guy thought he was his friend. And then yeah. he like he basically beats the crap out of him. For basically, I think he blames him for having a drug addiction problem. Right. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 So so he's blaming someone else for. But well, that's what sociopaths do. Right. Right. They always blame someone else. It's never They're their never fault. Responsible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I honestly, you know, I always overuse the word sociopath, but I think I think it's appropriate here. To this yes. character. He's, he's got yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because if he, he doesn't see anything or doesn't. Well, he probably knows it's all wrong, but he doesn't care. That he fakes emotion. Yeah, he so. fakes, oh, big time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's one of the most villainous characters. Um, he, he's the type of guy that if he lived in Nazi Germany, he would be the the joint in the SS, that type of character. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he's really, really bad, bad, bad guy. Yeah. There's no redeeming qualities at all. At all. Oh, man. Um, all right, anything else that we want to discuss? I think we have discussed everything in the movie. Okay, very well, very well. Um, yeah, actually, I think this actor that played the brother, he he, he was in that uh, other American-Iranian film by a different director, uh, A Girl Who Walks Alone at Night, and he plays I like a vampire that. in that one. Yeah, I tried to watch it. It's very art house. I, I watched like the 20 minutes, and it was terrible, at least in my opinion. I'm sure it got really good reviews. But so somebody liked it. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was way too art. I love art house films, but that was way too art house. It, it was intentionally filmed in black and white. It it was it was like surreal. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure some people. You know. I mean, you may like it, but um, I'm not a big fan of black and white movies. Honestly, I, I color. like color. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It has to be. I don't know. It's got to be. But that, but that was the but, least weird thing about it. Yeah. That was the least weird thing about the film. Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't like it. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, and I forgot to, if, uh, to hear your answer. Did you say there was anything else that you wanted to discuss? No, I think we've pretty much discussed yeah. everything about the movie itself. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, actually, we've talked about this movie probably longer than any other movie in, in a good year, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's uh, a lot to talk about in this movie. I mean, it's just, if someone's going to go see it, just be prepared. It's not a happy movie. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this movie is, is as good as AWOL or oh, yeah. uh, My Summer of Love. Those like those two movies are really good. And, and this movie, I think, is as good as those two movies. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and no disrespect for, to summertime or, or gymnast or, or any other movie for that matter. It doesn't have to be LGBTQ movie. Um, but, but it was just outstanding. Yeah. You know, it, it was really good. Um, all right. So I, I guess we could give our final thoughts on the film, but, uh, before we do, uh, Barrett, me and you do another podcast with a couple other co-hosts. Dark Discussions. That's right. That's the flagship uh, podcast, the very original podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network. That podcast has been around for over 10 years. Uh, We just had our 10th year anniversary uh, just in March, March 13th, I think it was. Uh, So 10 years. uh, And uh, we're about to come up on our 500th episode of the podcast. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It's crazy when you think about it. And, uh, yeah, because we just released 292, I mean, 492. And, uh, we already have, uh, another one recorded and a couple others. And, and so we're, we're coming up on episode 500. So that's going to be crazy too. Army um, of the dead was the last released episode, right? No, uh, no, no, we actually released one since then. Uh, Friday we released, um, volition. Which I'm not sure oh, you were on that. Episode. Yeah, I was not on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was recorded back in January, and it was one of those like like you gave, you know, the date we recorded this one earlier, six twenty yeah. twenty twenty one. Uh, <laughs> as as we discussed, some episodes are recorded, but they're not released right away. And Volition was one of them. Uh, the next episode though that will be coming out for the Dark Discussions will be The Conjuring Three. Ah. So that, that would be 493. Yep. Which was a good discussion. Yeah, that was good too. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, that's about there. Uh, also, a uh, quick question for you. Are you interested in doing a, a Black Summer Season 2 uh, show? Yes, we are going to do that on a weekly basis, um, even though it is all at once released. We're going to do an episode a week until we're through it. Yep. And so that'll be an eight-week episode, but actually it's going to be nine because – well, 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 we'll probably do eight for, because there's eight episodes, and then maybe we'll do a you know a wrap-up or something like that. But we're going to do a special episode too. What's that all about? We are going to meet with the director and talk about the Black Summer show generally and specifically season two. And, and not just the director, but the actual showrunner. Yeah, like, which like is the big, the big, huge. Important. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Uh, John Hyman uh, is the guy's name, and uh, he uh, is the actual showrunner of um, of Black Summer, and uh, he actually had a, a movie released last year that he directed that was really good that made a lot of horror and threw a top ten list called Alone, uh, which people should check out as well. Um, and he actually uh, was interviewed by Dark Discussions on that episode. So... Uh, we we already had a, a, a connection with him, and when we when we got him to do that show, 
we didn't even know he was the the, the show creator of Black Summer. Uh, we thought he was just some indie director, and we just said, hey, you know, it's a good movie. You want to come on? And he said yes. And then as the episode came up, we we did his uh, the IMDb and said, holy shit, this is the guy that ran did the, the, the show runner for Black Summer. This is this is him. This is you know like the David Kelly. You know, and so everybody knows, check out, we did the first season of Black Summer. We did it as one episode. Yeah. Um, so if you've watched the first season, we have that episode for you to watch. But we're going to do this one a little differently, even though it's all released at once. We kind of enjoy doing the, the weekly and not trying to cover eight hours of material in, yeah. in one podcast. Yeah, that was that was a dark discussion podcast episode not a halloween boutique psychotronic reviews yep. episode um and i think that was like one of your earlier episodes of on on the dark discussion news network i think it's like maybe the earlier ones yeah i did uh various ones throughout before then but yeah. um it was here oh, and actually, there yeah yeah actually your very first was voodoo yep voodoo that's right yeah which was yeah. uh uh episode 14 maybe of, of halloween boutique psychotronic reviews yeah it was yeah, an indie yeah. horror film found half found footage type film that we 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 did uh that was that we uh we both enjoyed yes um, <laughs> great movie i bought it i liked it so much <laughs> yeah me too i i got i actually got the dvd yep so all right sounds good so uh, let's get my final thoughts on this film here uh so uh Barrett, you, why don't you go th- start start this time all right. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's very dark. And what makes it darker is that it's based on real stuff and real a real environment that people are living in and dealing with. And it, just to put it even more in perspective, the director and writer is banned from the country for this film. And the film itself is banned from the country. So it, it's a hard watch, um, but it's a really well done film. The acting is great. The cinematography is great. Um, there are a few moments of levity, so it's not all seriousness, but it is, it's a depressing film. It's not happy. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, I like it uh, a whole lot, too, because like AWOL and like My Summer of Love, uh, it's it's more than LGBT. It's or Q, LGBTQ. It's actually about um in this case a commentary on um iran if you prefer or you could if you want to boil that away you could say it's a commentary on patriarchy it's a commentary on many things um just as say awol was really more about uh the lie of white privilege that it does not exist the poor white people of of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and how, what they have to deal with every day. Uh, and uh, for My Summer of Love, um, that was a commentary also on classes, the, the poor people, poor, you know, the lower class, and the extremely wealthy bourgeois class. Um, and so, so those films, just like this film here, had a whole lot more to say than others. Now, now that doesn't mean uh, Summertime or The Gymnast weren't good but again those were more specific to the other the relationship between the two women more than say um other other topics so i think that's why um i i I may like this film uh better than those two um and if if not as much uh pretty close to awol in my summer of love that we did last year in june 
so yeah, big big thumbs up for me. I highly recommend. Uh, now, obviously, uh, folks who would want to see this film note that 95% of the film is in Persian, so it'll have subtitles. And then another two and a half percent are in French, and that will be in subtitles. And then there's another two and a half percent that may be in English. So it's it's basically a, a foreign language film, uh, even if it is uh, a film by uh, American. Uh, directors and, and went into Sundance and all that stuff. Uh, so if you're not into subtitles, it may be a problem. Um, but um, it is widely available anywhere movies can be found. It can be bought as well on disc. And I would highly recommend the disc if you're a fan of the film because of the wonderful extras on the disc. Um, like I stated, there's a commentary uh, uh, by uh, the director. The, I the couple of actors and I think maybe an editor and a producer as well uh, behind the scenes uh, feature as well uh, so it's, it's a high recommend and, and the disc I think you get for like under 10 bucks um, so I think that's pretty much it um, so uh, we'll be back next week for sure with uh, another film uh, we'll uh, talk about that next week uh, no reason to give the title now but uh uh, with that, I guess, Barrett, why don't you leave us out? Thanks for joining us. Uh, join us again next week where we continue Pride Month.
Just let me know. 